Chapter Twelve of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Great Expedition of eighteen seventy five. During the long period of twenty years, from the time that the investigator was abandoned in the ice, the British government appear to have considered Arctic discovery as a play that was hardly worth the somewhat expensive candles used in its illumination, and the honour of Great Britain as the first maritime power of the world was maintained in the Arctic seas wholly by private enterprise the success of the american expeditions under kane hayes and hall roused many of our most distinguished geographers and men of science to action and early in eighteen seventy four they petitioned the government to send out an expedition of discovery to the arctic regions to uphold the naval renown of england it was not however till the seventeenth of november that mr disraeli the prime minister announced that her majesty's government had determined to lose no time in organizing a suitable expedition to explore the region of the north pole energetic steps were at once taken to hurry on the preparations two ships named the alert and the discovery were commissioned and george s nares the distinguished captain of the challenger was ordered home from hong kong to take the command sir leopold mcclintock superintended the fitting out of the vessels and no labour or expense was spared that might ensure the success of the expedition on the twenty fifth of may eighteen seventy five the alert and the discovery left portsmouth harbour amid the hearty cheers of a vast crowd of spectators before starting captain nares received a telegram from the queen saying i earnestly wish you and your gallant companions every success and i trust that you may safely accomplish the important duty you have so bravely undertaken to this nares sent the following short and sailor-like reply her majesty may depend on all doing their duty a stormy passage across the atlantic thoroughly tested the qualities of the ships and it was not till the sixth of july that the coast of greenland was reached here several days were spent in taking on board additional stores and coal an interpreter an eskimo guide and twenty-four dogs were also shipped starting again on the twenty-second both vessels proceeded in a northwesterly direction for smith sound and seven days later nares cast anchor in port falk some time was now spent in examining the neighbouring country and numerous articles which had belonged to hall's ill-fated expedition were found from an altitude of seven hundred feet with the horizon distinctly visible 
no ice was in sight and there was every prospect of the expedition attaining a higher latitude without trouble but within twenty-four hours after the ships had sailed they were locked in by ice twenty-five miles higher up the strait this was another instance of the ever-changing nature of the arctic regions and caused nares in his narrative of the expedition to draw attention to the deceptive impressions inexperienced people naturally receive when from a lofty lookout they observe a sea unbordered by ice from our former position the inexperienced observer would conclude that there was an open polar sea from our present position he would as certainly conclude that his farther progress was for ever stayed and that the sooner he looked for winter quarters the better on the morning of the fourth of august the ice eased off the land and the voyage was resumed farther progress would have been impossible without the aid of steam for the ice gathered round the ships in such thickness as to completely shut them up in this dilemma a novel expedient was resorted to of the two ships the discovery had the sharper bow so she went first and charging the ice at the top of her speed forced her way into the pack burying her bows in it as far aft as the foremast it speaks well for the strength of the vessel that after several days of such work she had sustained no serious damage lady franklin bay was reached on the twenty fourth of august and finding there a suitable place for winter quarters nares decided to leave the discovery and push northward with the alert taking lieutenant rawson and seven men of the discovery with him captain nares set sail on reaching robeson channel he was detained for some time by ice escaping by the power of steam which enabled him to force his way through the pack he sailed up the channel and on the first of september the first triumph of the expedition was achieved at noon on that day says nares having carried her majesty's ship into a higher latitude than ever before attained the ensign was hoisted at the peak the explorers had now arrived on the shore of the arctic ocean but they found it exactly the opposite of an open polar sea and on the sixteenth of september the alert was effectually closed in for the winter everything was now made snug on board the ship was housed over and all the provisions and stores that were not likely to be harmed by the weather were placed on shore the winter passed away so pleasantly that not until the sun actually returned on the first of march did we in any way realize the intense darkness we must have experienced for so long a period during the early days of spring a light sledge party set out and 
after a journey of sixty miles reached discovery bay the winter quarters of their consort where they found all well in april the great sledge excursions were commenced seven sledges with fifty-three officers and men all in excellent health and spirits set out from the alert the northern expedition under captain a h markham and lieutenant parr equipped for an absence of seventy days was to force its way northward over the ice the western expedition under lieutenant aldridge was to explore the north shore of grantland and the greenland expedition under lieutenants beaumont and rawson of the discovery was to explore the northern shores of greenland each sledge carried extra tea in lieu of the midday allowance of spirits both officers and men were unanimous in favour of the change and willingly put up with the misery of standing still in the cold during the long halt needed for the purpose of boiling the water and all agreed that they worked better after the tea lunch in may scurvy broke out on the alert but the symptoms were not so serious as to cause any alarm it spread however with great rapidity and in a few weeks twenty of the crew were under the doctor's care a message from captain stevenson of the discovery at this time stated that four of his men were also down with the disease considering the ample equipment and carefully prepared provisions with which the two ships were furnished the outbreak was both inexplicable and unlooked for the disease was not however confined to those left behind in the ships on the eighth of june lieutenant parr arrived with the news that nearly the whole of the crew belonging to the northern sledge party had been attacked with scurvy and were in need of immediate assistance markham had succeeded in bringing the invalids to a point thirty miles from the ship but each day was adding to the number of the sick and making progress more difficult he had therefore decided to halt and send parr forward to bring relief a rescue party was immediately dispatched under lieutenant may but before it arrived one of the men died fresh food and medicines saved the lives of the remainder and by easy stages they returned to the ship out of the thirty-seven men composing this expedition the two officers alone escaped the disease markham's journey was productive of great results it had been an incessant battle to overcome ever-recurring obstacles each hard-won success stimulating them for the next struggle instead of advancing with a steady walk more than half of each day was spent by the whole party facing the sledge and pulling it forward a few feet at a time under these circumstances the distance attained short as it may be considered by some was truly marvellous 
though they had only reached a point about eighty miles from the ship the total distance travelled was two hundred and seventy-six miles on the outward and two hundred and forty-five miles on the homeward journey markham and his brave companions had carried the union jack within four hundred miles of the north pole and they would have attained a still higher latitude had not the condition of the men made an immediate return imperative fears for the condition of the western explorers now caused nares to send out a sledge party under lieutenant may with the necessary remedies should they be found suffering from scurvy on the nineteenth of june he met them near the spot to which markham had returned without assistance scurvy had been at work among this party also and there was only one man besides lieutenant aldridge who was not completely prostrated relief had come just in the nick of time for they would not have been able to travel another day many of the poor fellows were so weakened by their sufferings that they burst into tears on the arrival of help under the influence of the medicines and generous diet which may had brought with him the scurvy-stricken men gradually recovered and reached the ship after an absence of eighty-two days lieutenant aldridge had explored two hundred and thirty miles of coast the greater part of which had never before been visited no land or appearance of land was seen at any time to the northward or westward from which circumstance nares concluded that no land could possibly exist within an attainable distance from the coast the greenland expedition had fared no better than the other two shortly after they had started one of the men developed symptoms of scurvy and had to be taken back by lieutenant rawson beaumont continued his journey and succeeded in reaching latitude eighty two degrees eighteen minutes north and discovering what seemed to be an island but most probably a continuation of the greenland coast scurvy was by this time rampant among the men and the lieutenant had no alternative but to turn back gallantly the little party struggled on sometimes making no more than a mile a day beaumont now began to fear that he would not be able to reach the ship without terrible loss for it was evident that many of the men were on the point of death fortunately just when affairs had reached a crisis lieutenant rawson came up bringing with him one of the doctors of the expedition lime juice and a plentiful supply of fresh meat soon restored the invalids to their usual health and they were able to make their way to the ship only two men lost their lives and it was entirely due to the timely arrival of lieutenant rawson that more fatalities did not occur it now became necessary for nares to decide his future course of action 
whether he should remain another winter in his present quarters or return to england he made up his mind to the latter alternative for the following reasons he says on considering the result of the spring sledging operations i concluded that owing to the absence of land trending to the northward and the polar pack not being navigable no ship could be carried north on either side of smith sound beyond the position we had already attained and also that from any attainable position in smith sound it was impossible to advance nearer the pole by sledges accordingly on the thirty first of july the alert sailed out of her winter quarters and steered for discovery bay a month later the two vessels in company steamed down the strait and on the tenth of september reached open water on their arrival in england the explorers were received with great enthusiasm and the results of the expedition caused general satisfaction captain nares had carried the alert to a higher latitude than had ever before been reached in ships he had discovered that the polar sea was a sea of ancient ice and not as had been said an open sea his sledges had reached a point nearer the pole than had ever before been attained and he had conducted the whole expedition in a manner which showed that the heroic spirit that had won for britain all the great prizes of arctic discovery in the past still remained unimpaired End of chapter twelve